fast people over there. The slow side. This the slow side over here, Chan. It's not the slow side. Chan, you I, I, probably, I probably could beat you in the race. No? At our prime? No. I could gun you. Okay. No, Chan. Did you want to walk? I think so. I ran 448 when I came out. You ran 448? Mm -hmm. The two times were 448 and 45 flat. 45 flat? Yeah, I'm not, I'm not Mike but or you, Fred, but, but, I'm I, ran, not, but I wasn't your kind of slow. What you ran? Uh, uh, right. 448. You ran a 4 4 I ran a 4 5 2. Oh, that's like, close. We were, but yeah, I was 2 4 50 and yeah. you were 170. You were a better athlete. <laughs> I had done you because you we went next to yeah, each other. Like, yeah, you that. Hey, look, Mike, if, he, if, if he, bro, think, think about it. If he run a 4 but, 4 but 8 still, and I ran a 4 5 2, but I'm lining up next to him, 40 pounds heavier than him. Bro, I didn't tell you what Jay Fee did. That's impressive. I would gun him because you would be so intimidated by me. You no, be able to run. I would split you. I'm not tripping on that. Bro, I would gun you. It's fine. It's the cover. Oh, this kick. Tight, I love Freddy the team. Thank you, bro. It's the cover. Yeah, we we work. You did it the most. Thank you, bro. Um, Chan, y'all saving air conditioning? Thanks, bro. Oh, so y'all want a little more? It is very hot in here. Appreciate it. I can turn it. What's your, what, what temperature do you keep your house? I'm a 74 guy. Yeah, I'm 74. Oh, here? I'm 74 to a bad time. I'm 72, what, bro. What you, 72? God, it's hot here, Chad. Bro, you got that bread. God <laughs> damn, 72. No, nah, it's only on certain, like, in certain <laughs> spots. Thanks, thanks nah, for that. No, 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 I definitely this, need bro. one. Oh, yeah, for sure. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's some coffee, new, uh, a little, little new thing. Just want to say before we start, man, proud of y'all, man. Don't Appreciate you, brother. Appreciate you, brother. Proud of y'all. It's the grind, man. Hey, we love um, it. We my love AC it. was like anything else. My AC was at 74. It was hot, bro. You got free on? I hit it. Frank, how the fuck else I'm going to have an ass? <laughs> but you could, because 74, you would think, all right, it got to be nice and cool in here. 74 in the structure. Wait, 74. It's a little on the warmer side. You a 72 guy. It's not cool outside. So when it's cool outside, you can, you can get a 74. 74 but but 74, 72 is for rich people. <laughs> 72? That's a, that, a refrigerator. And teach you how to save money. Your AC is kind of suspect. 74, kind of like this. So you get your wet vac, pull off the little cap, the PVC in, uh -huh. in, your, in your handler room, put that down in there, hold it, but turn it off first. Don't you want to shock yourself? <laughs> and then just stuff okay, all of the water and shit out, change your filters, yeah. go do it to your unit outside too. Fred. Machine running like oh, brand Fred. new. Man, we be jumping. Who do you think I am? HVAC people gonna show up and do that for a low ski wo Hey guys, you think, you think I'm about you. to do that shit myself? <laughs> Chan. <laughs> hey, Chan. I work, uh, bro. bro. Like, no. Chan, we're Fred, here. Fred, I'm not, I'm not doing that personally. Guys, we're here to talk about the fact that it's the 20th year anniversary since Michael Vick was on the cover of John Madden. That's what we're here for. EA, John Madden, family, like, yeah. We're not a cool HVAC conversation, though. Yeah, Freddie want to tell me that I need to HVAC my goddamn AC. I'm not HVACing nothing. Nobody knows about HVACing. Fred said he does. Yeah, I mean, I know a little bit because my homie does it. You know, shout out to Will. I appreciate you. He saved me money. I'm trying so he's not saying he's going to do it. He's saying you should find someone that can do it. That can I'm teaching him how Like, to people do it. are now, watch this segue, TV. Like, people are now find, finding quarterbacks that could try to do some of the things Michael Vick did. They can't. Before they allowed so, it you know in what? the offense. That's true. That's true. The, the closest thing I've seen, Lamar, though. 
Yeah, for sure. Yeah, the close thing I saw was Lamar. Speaking of, Lamar Jackson said that he played with the Falcons and Michael Vick on Madden. The only person who couldn't play with me was me. But I love being on the cover. Was it a rule that you couldn't nah, play with yourself? Just when I when I played with myself, I was just like always trying to run like I ran. I tried to play it like a video game, right? Like the like the actual game. You yeah. know what I mean? Like I like how I would play it in the game. I actually sucked it, man, because of that. On yeah. third and six, I'm trying to call fire zone because I'm yeah. thinking it's you know. Third and intermediate. Yeah, 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 you're trying to get burnt up. In the real game. Yeah. So I gotta echo Mike and y'all might not. So was no, was y'all pretty good? Was Jacksonville pretty good? Man, we was dogs. Jimmy Smith, right, Brunel, yeah, myself. Smith. When I when I was a 98 speed, oh, 99, yeah, yeah. I had a couple seasons like that, but I'm gonna cut the small talk because guess what I brought? Fred, don't do this. That's hard. Fred, yeah, that is Fred hard. You rarely see these. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Hey, bro. Really? Hold on. Pick, back pick back. a Your color. That's hard. Huh? That's hard. You think too. I ain't? He my neighbor. I could have went down the street and Who grabbed it, it, but since we here, I might as well. Fred T, did you, did you sell, still have sell it? Sell me this, Fred. Bro, sell you it. After you put your signature on it, it is mine. <laughs> <laughs> hey. Frame this one. You'll see it on eBay. Hold up. Limitless. Biggest to me, guy pinning it. I thought they here to witness it. Got my people feeling militant. Way I'm feeling, get me up. On the mission, get me up. Knowing me, I got the key. On the vision, I can trust. Trust. Limitless. Take a stomach cap, pinning it. I thought they here to witness it. Got my people feeling militant. Way I'm feeling, get me up. On the mission, get me up. Knowing me, I got the key. Thank you so much for, for being here. This Thanks is something. Me, man. I Roddy can't tell you how many DMs we've gotten, how many comments we've gotten. Uh, that we needed to have you on the show. So I'm excited Perfect. Perfect. that we finally got to do it. Welcome to The Pivot. Obviously, Freddie T, Chan, I'm RC. You need no introduction, but it's what we do on the show. Yeah. Uh, a four-time Pro Bowler, 2010 Comeback Player of the Year, Virginia Tech Hall of Fame. More importantly to me, a man that changed the look of a league and a position the same way Allen Iverson another Virginia boy yeah. did it for the NBA. I think it goes understated, uh, the cultural influence you had on the game of football. But I think it, we had to start before that. Your high school coach said Sonny that Rainey. you told him you wanted to go to college like the big cuz Aaron Brooks. Yeah. And that you finally got your chance the middle of your freshman year. Talk yeah. a little bit about that drive, man, and what it's like to be from such a talent rich driven. part of the country. Yeah, first of all, Aaron Brooks was like my big cousin, man. He was like everything to me. Like watching him in high school, it's like all I could do was just envision myself doing everything and I watched him. He was four years older, but it's, you know, it's almost like when you, you watch guys and, you know, you're a young kid and you, you idolize an NFL player. When I went to see him play high school ball, because that's what, you know, that was a transition from, you know, Pop Warner, that was the next step. Like, I wanted to be just like him. And, you know, I heard he was getting all the scholarship opportunities and just doing it the right way. Like, you know, you dream as a kid, you know, you dream with others. And I, I, Aaron was one of the, the guys I dreamt with and I seen him like, getting scholarship offers and everything was kind of like falling into place for him. So I'm like, if I can measure up to that, if I can just emulate everything that he did or try to, you know, duplicate everything that he did on the field, off the field, then my dream of going to college might come true. Because, uh, you know, that's all you, you, I wanted coming from where I came from. 
an opportunity. I knew a scholarship would grant me an opportunity. Didn't know it would go in the direction that it went because it got crazy once I got to college, but, mm. you know, God was good. You do interviews, people talk to you. You on uh, all the Saturday shows. But, bro, what do people not know about you? What do people not know about Young Vic? Because there's a lot of, there's a lot of people that can be Michael Vic yeah. that don't know they can be Michael Vic. Yeah. What do people not know about you growing up? Mm, mm, Marcus, mm. your hey. mom, all the people I know. Mm-mm, mm-mm, don't say that. What's that? There are not a lot of people that can be Michael Vick. There are don't some you... people that can be Michael Vick that Chance. aren't Michael Vick. I see what Vick. you're going with it. Chance. Me and all my homies, we was all on the same playing field growing up. It's, I just felt like, you know, a couple of us dreamt different. Like, I was like, um, like 12, 13 years old, like looking deep into the future. So like every time I stepped on the field, me and my brother, we was like, we got to be different. We got to do something different. Like, we used to watch, you know, NFL, college football, Saturday, Sunday. Me and my brother spent all day in the house. Halftime, commercial breaks. We run outside and just give it to each other real quick. Go deep. You know what I'm saying? That's why my brother played quarterback, too, because just, you know, helping me, you know, with my craft, he became, he developed an arm that was, you know, not a similar arm talent, but it was good enough. Me and bro, like, super close growing up. Um, mom's family, real close. And so my mom knew what I wanted to do in my life. Like, she knew I wanted to play in the National Football League, but she also knew how tough that was going to be. So I think she spent a majority of my upbringing trying to, you know, soften the blow just in case it didn't happen. You see what I'm saying? Like, well, you know, you can always go do this. And you know, it's like, nah, they make millions doing that. And, you know, I, I'm reading the newspaper when I'm young. I'm seeing contracts. You know, you know, really, I ain't really, we ain't had cable sometimes, so I couldn't you know, catch the ESPN Channel 17. But, you know, just, um, you know, having that, like, tight-knit family, man, like, I think kept me grounded, kept me focused, and, and I, you know, I knew in order to get out of where I was at, man, I had to dream big, think big. Right. You, you spoke, you mentioned Channel 17 and made me think of Plex. He said that's the reason he, he selected 17. Because ESPN? I mean, Channel 17. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. that's how where I got all my, you know, he was, that's where uh, I got all my, my football, NBA. Uh-huh. He know. was uh, he was actually our very first guest. Mm-hmm. Uh, we held yeah. it for a while, but oh, he nice. was our first guest when we started. Yeah. Uh, and, and shout he, out to Plex. You can he will Big slow home. you down. That Virginia has absolutely the best athletes from football, basketball, the yeah. whole gamut. What is it about that area, uh, Newport News specifically, where you came up at? Yeah, respectfully, we uh, you know, we put out some great athletes. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't take anything away from the state of Florida, Texas, Georgia, uh, Pennsylvania. Got you know, got tough football players. Um, Texas, California, we got a melting pot. You know, a lot of us succumb to you know sometimes the perils of what you know the environment that we we grow up in, mm-hmm. and we lose focus. But I can say this. Just as many as we put out, it's a lot that it could have been mm-hmm. triple that number. You know what I'm saying? And and I came up with a lot of these guys and just, you know, if you lined us all up, and I'm like in the middle, you know, wrong path, wrong path, wrong path, wrong path, straight path, wrong path. So only like four of us made it out. Why so, did you make you know, it out? I, why did, why did you, why did you like, make it out? 
I knew that, you know, I, knew, I just knew, you know, what was, like I said, I was always into the future, man. I was padding my pockets when I was, when I was young. I'm like, I, I need what, if I can perfect my craft and make it there, and that's all I got to do when I'm doing out here in the neighborhood every day, I can live a good life, man. So, like I said, I was really into the future in terms of, you know, success and what I wanted it to look like and what I wanted it to look like for my family. And, and my brother and, you know, how we, man, my brother used to stay up late just talking, you know what I mean? Like, he was four years younger, but I'm like, bro, man, you can both accomplish this. So we was just always, man, next you level. Know, he asked, why did you make it out? I want to ask how, right? Because those are two different yeah, yeah, things. Two you, different you, things. You really spoke about the focus you had on the craft. Yeah. How did that focus on your craft keep you from taking the wrong paths because we've seen I've seen people be hyper focused on reaching a goal yeah. and so they have the discipline when it comes to the sport yeah. or the career but they don't necessarily have the discipline in their personal life right so how right. did you keep those things separate to give yourself an opportunity to catch Frank yeah, Beamer's eye? well I, I will to be honest man it was rough you know I was suspended a lot you know um, especially early you know, uh, second grade, you know, I think I got it suspended. Like fourth grade, you know what I'm saying? So it was kind of like, it was up and down. But when I got out of school, cause I wasn't really, you know, super focused on being a great student. I didn't have that, like, my mom was preaching it on us, but I just didn't, you know, I didn't really take to it. You know, I just felt like when I stepped away from school, Football was everything. Mm -hmm. Man, so I put all my energy into that. And I'm like, you know, my coach used to come pick me up on Saturdays, take me to throw through the tire. I'd be dragging mad as hell. Like, yo, I don't, this, I don't want, you know what I mean? Like, I don't want, I want to sleep in. I want to watch, get up and watch whatever show about the college football. He got me working. So as far as the craft, like, I was working on it. Mm -hmm. two, two other guys used to come with us, my friends. And, uh, you know, I remember one, one guy, I won't say their names, but complained about his arm was hurting. And the other one was trying, but he just lost interest. But me, I just kept, I, I'm like, yo, I got to hit that dude crossing. I'm throwing through that tire. I got to hit him from this side. I gotta, mm. So I'm like, I'm going, coach, pick me up. Sooner or later, it was just me. Wow. wow. But I'm like, into the future, though. Like, yo, damn, man, like, if, if I can continue to do this and be great, I'm pretty sure John Elway doing this, you know what I'm saying, yeah. my idol Steve Young. I'm pretty right. sure they doing the same. No, they did. They probably did this when they was when they was young. So I just had a little perspective, and I was just kind of riding it out. Bro, when did you know you were a generational talent? Like, when did you know? You talking about that, I, like, I you never, throwing. I know, and, I don't and even... It's funny because you're using your left arm. Yeah. And most of us use our right arm when we talk about stories. So you use your left arm, bro. Yeah. Huh? It's because he's left-handed. I know he's left-handed, but like, <laughs> but yeah, it is, that's, that's weird. I, I hate left-handed people. It used to be, well, it used bro, to be a deformity. I, I, well, I write with my people. right hand, so technically I don't know what I am. But yeah, even we, we were drink, we were, we was hanging All out the other day. And you were drinking with your left hand, and I, I wanted to punch you in your mouth. <laughs> no, <I'm> like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like the Michael Vick experience. Yeah, I mean, has I never happened I again. I didn't know. I didn't know, man. I didn't know. Um, when I came into the league, it was like, is this sustainable? Yes. Like, so I'm, I'm reading articles, I'm paying attention, because you know, you gotta pay attention to the scrutiny and how, you know, how it's all, how the chips falling, because I'm like, I wanna, I wanna do this right. 
Kenneth last? Should he continue to run? Should he continue to be? And I'm like, man, all this, man, I'm keep picking up first downs. We winning games, basically. We winning games. There you go. But it's all this circulating. And I'm like, man, uh, you know what? I'm gonna just tell him I'm just gonna play my game. If I throw it, I gotta, if I gotta throw it, I gotta throw it. If I gotta pass it, I got if I gotta pass it, I'm gonna run it, I'm gonna run it. That's what it's gonna be. Um, whatever is wired that day, whatever's, whatever I'm feeling, you know what I'm saying, internally. And, and so, you know, I continued to learn the game, you know, got introduced to some new offenses, which was good because it helped me. You see certain things and then you just gotta match it up. But I was like, man, you know what, I'm just gonna be me, man. I don't know what that means, but it might have turned into a generational type of talent, you know, phrase or saying, but I couldn't see it because I was struggling with the perception of my game. Like, I hated coming to a stadium like, bam, man, you know, if I don't run, if I don't run it enough, I ain't being myself. If I'm passing it too much, they're like, you're trying to be a pocket passer. But for the greater good, the game is in a great space now because I made the decision like, yo, man, it's going to be... Bobby Bowden said it. He was like, it's going to be more quarterbacks like Mike Vick, you know, after the mm -hmm. championship game. Right. And I never forgot that. And I was, it, it, it was always like a reference, something I drew back on. And I was, Bobby Bowden said that. <laughs> right. Might as well do it. Now, my well, man said generational type of time. I'll take that, though. I'm just I saying, bro, no, at some point you, know, you had to know you were special. Oh, I knew I was special in college. So. No, I'm just saying at the point that you knew you were Mike Vick, I, like people, like, well, I say kids reference you. Everybody reference you now. In college, I used to do some things in practice, bro, that, like, if we pulled that tape out, y'all wouldn't believe what y'all was seeing. But, because I couldn't believe it's half of the time. Shit, we... we but, we, yeah, but I was like, games. you know, I was always like, man, is this going to translate to the pros? Like, they're going to be faster, you know. Stronger, you know, linebackers running on you know, four or fives, and, you know what I mean? But hey, I just kept, I just kept going, just kept at it, man. Right. You, you mentioned that Steve Young was the one quarterback you looked up to. Yeah. There are also some other uh, really good black quarterbacks in the game, you know, yeah. coming up during your time. Yeah. Was the correlation to, to Steve Young that he was a lefty it's and that he yeah, had Steve's a scramble lefty ability? And I, war number eight. San Francisco was my favorite team. Mm -hmm. It's a great question because. You know, a lot of people, I get that all the time. People are like, why not Warren Moon or why not Cunningham? Mm -hmm. But when I was in the backyard, and as I'm into the future, it's, I'm, I'm throwing it and scrambling. Right. So, I'm, so all I see is Steve. I'm like, right. Steve, like, Steve broke a long run against Minnesota, if y'all can recall. I do. And I was like, We did the same thing. Yo, he ain't just do that, first of all. You know, it's a white quarterback running like that. This is my favorite team, but he was replacing Joe Montana, so I really wasn't feeling it. Because, <laughs> you know, I was a big Joe Montana fan, obviously being a, a 49ers fan. Warren, I used, to, I used to root for him hard. And then Philly, that was my uncle's favorite team, so we, they got a lot of air time in the career, too. You know, fast forward that to 2004, I think it was, uh, second in MVP voting, uh, obviously a pro bowler. But before that, there is the run against Minnesota, something yeah. you had in common with Steve Young. And he actually was asked about that on TV. Yeah. And he said that you were changing the game and were a Hall of Fame that. talent. And as soon as you said it was that he was your favorite player, I knew exactly why. Um, it's so funny. And I know people are always like, don't bring race into everything, but we started the conversation. Yeah. I make the joke that Steve Young was the first black quarterback. 
Straight in up. the sense of the way yeah. that he played the game. Yeah. Right? The way that Steve Young played the game was thought to not be able to transcend from a college to the pros. Right. Uh, Corey Moore. Corey Moore. Who you played with. A hell of a rush in yeah, great at Virginia Tech. Too. Great man. He said, one week, you were supposed to be Donovan McNabb at practice. Yeah. And he said, when you were being Donovan McNabb at practice, he said, nah, because Donovan McNabb ain't that good. Yeah. When you well, look back at your time at Virginia Tech, that red shirt year where you are becoming Michael Vick, what was that time in your life like? It was special because, um, you know, I really got to a point. I, I had a dark really, really dark place when I was in college, man, because just learning the offense, I didn't come from, you know, an offense in high school where, you know, the intricacies. And, I'm, you know, you got to learn a lot, man. Route adjustments, blitzes, defense, shot, you know, the play clock, formation, signals, it's a lot going on. I'm like, man, it was just, it was overwhelming. You know, my coach just kept saying, keep coming to the meetings, keep trying to, you know, just keep working at it. And, and so, Corey Moore, scout team, like, is where I... You know, one day it just clicked, like, you know, single high, two high, all that. And um, I went and tried it on the scout team. So I'm going against Corey Moore now, but now I'm on the scout team knowing exactly what I'm doing. You know, running the other, the opposition plays, mm -hmm. but now I know what I'm doing. Single high, I'm hitting outs, cover two, I'm working down the middle, down the seams, I'm, and I'm remembering they stuff. And so that's why Corey referenced that, but I just knew, like, okay, and this, you know, this is for, you know, any young quarterback who was running a scout team. That's where you can learn and perfect your craft. Doing them dirty every day. Win scout team player of the week two weeks in a row. I'm like, man, I got something. Now all I got to do is really, like, learn what the def learn our offense. Because mm -hmm. I mastered the defense. I think part of the, um, you know, what was so confusing about everything is that you know, I'm still trying to think about our offense, but I'm trying to learn what the defense doing too. So if you can't match, you gotta, it take time to pair that up. Mm -hmm. And so once I finally, you know, it was finally in sync, I was like, man, this game can't be this easy. <laughs> it's actually <laughs> I'm not. serious. I was like, hold on. If all I gotta do in the moment is do that, oh man, my mind was here 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. You, you, get to, you get to that point, you're the number one overall draft pick in Atlanta. It, it's, yeah. the, it's the perfect marriage, Mike. Yeah. You know, it's, it's a city, city that is it. full of African-American people. Yep. It's a team that they love, and you bring what turned into a cultural icon yeah. as far as what you were able to do on the football field and the way that you did it. Yeah. Your time in Atlanta and becoming a guy who was good enough or popular enough to be on the cover of Madden. What do you remember most about that? I remember starting with the draft, um, just the night before the draft. I was supposed to go to San Diego and the night it was before the draft, it was a trade. They make the trade, I'm like, oh, it's gonna be really cool. You know, when I get this, probably save a lot of money. You know, it's not, you know what I'm saying, transporting the family back and forth, commuting them back and forth from Virginia to San Diego, and they'll be they'll be close to me. They can see me play. That was a plus. And then you know I thought about the city and the culture, and I'm like, all right, you know, Deion Sanders just left, mm -hmm. and they need a spot. Thought about that, you know, plus two. Then I thought about the negatives, pros and cons. Can't be a bus, you know. You gonna hear it. It's too close to home.
Uh. Not a really, really good, not a good team. Um, because, you know, they was transitioning, you know, uh, just went to the Super Bowl and I'm like, damn, more pressure. Mm -hmm. But I'm like, man, I should have known that this was, it was going to be more pressure on draft day. And so, you know, I think I went in with a premise of just not being a disappointment, man, and, and wanting to turn it around, you know, and I'm green. I don't really know what it takes. Uh, I got to come in. I'm starting from ground zero. I'm starting fresh. You know, just learned from Chris Chandler. Finally got, he played a little bit as a rookie, but my confidence was down because I, um, I didn't have a lot of success. Brian Erlacher and the boys, they beat what, Mike Brown. I'm the safety, Mike, Mike Brown. Mike Brown, played for Nebraska. <laughs> yeah. 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 He had like a little five or six year yeah. run. Man, I'm talking about beat me down. And now I'm talking about killed my confidence. I walked <laughs> off, the, I felt this, I felt small. Right. Oh man, I'm questioning, I can't do this. But you know, you gotta keep working at it. You gotta fall. You know, you know, I know how it is. You right. got that Mike got to come and knock you down one time. Right. If he can knock you down, you're a little bigger. But Watch out, bro. You know what I'm saying? You know, <laughs> but you got to learn from the, you know, from the, the mistakes and, you know, overcome the little, the nuances. And, man, once I figured out the offense by week 15, my rookie year, went out against, went out against Miami, had a, a great game, and then played against the greatest on turf, week 16, mm -hmm. and, and pretty much had a good day and a loss. And it was enough for them to see, all right, he's ready. And from there, 2002, came back that next year, man, and just was really, really calm. Felt like I, I felt at Virginia Tech. What could you do in the difference? Like, what, what could you do if you could talk to that, that young Mike, that drafted Mike? Yeah. Because I, you, was, you was a bad man, but yeah. you had to take that time to figure yeah. it out. Yeah, I think um, any quarterback, you got to spend more time around the building than anybody. And um, a lot of times, you know, I was flying back to Virginia. You know, I was, I, I'm a mama's boy, man, straight up. So mm -hmm. I miss my mom, miss my sisters. I was a little, still a little homesick from college. You know, I was still kind of like everything happened so fast. So I was, felt like I was just in a transitioning phase and tired. So I was just always going back home. And then, you know, for, you know, a lot of times not for the right reasons. And so all that time I spent away was the time I could have been, you know what I'm saying, with that collective. You know what I'm saying? Going through that defense. Oh, they bliss. Oh, they come. Just ahead of the curve. I feel like every quarterback got to stay ahead of the curve. You get in on Wednesday, you go game plan with the coaches. Mm -hmm. Find out what the game plan is. You know what I'm saying? Talk to them. Don't let, just let them send the game plan to you. Mm -hmm. don't, that only works when you got a great offensive coach, like an Andy Reid or somebody. Like you could just, you know what's coming in is going to be dialed up. But I think that just, I slowed down my learning curve. Success happened quickly because I, you know, using my legs and yeah. you know, I, I had an advantage. So overcome, it overcame some of the, you know what I'm saying, some of the things that I probably didn't do so well or needed to grow at. Right. So yeah, man, it was, I, I, and I knew it too. That's the crazy part. Consciously, I was like, man, how, long, how much longer I'm gonna be able to get away with this? But every year I'm getting away with it. <laughs> every year I'm inching close to a thousand yards. Right. I'm like, okay, the milestone's still coming. I ain't tripping. Yeah. And then I got with Bobby Petrino. He came in um, after Jim Moore got fired, and uh, he really taught me a little bit more about the passing. I was really serious in that 2007 season. And this is after all the mad stuff and everything. I had my own shoe. It's like I, you know, I had everything I wanted in football, but I just ain't had that, that hardware. So I was like, man, okay, it's time to chase that. Mm -hmm. That 07 season was about to be crazy. I just never made it, made it. So you was in uh, 
Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh 2005. We played, we played at the uh, dome. In 06 in the dome. Yeah, I was I was going to sleep the other night while trying to go to sleep, and I was just kind of going through the channels and. I don't know. If, the game was on. I don't know if you remember this. My favorite play of that year, uh, we were in fire zone. Troy was in the hook. Yeah. And you were, and you scrambled. Yeah. And, and both of them, pat. both of them other efforts took off, Chan, and I stopped playing. <laughs> Bruh, I stopped playing. I see. Because they was flying. Yeah. Troy, was, you, you, Troy you, was a beast. You heard my Vic story? Uh-uh. They put me as the spy on this motherfucker. <laughs> In Miami, well, Algie Crumpler was there. Oh, yeah, I think I went for 300 that they passing. <laughs> you and Algie, you and Al Algie had like two or three that, that game. Y'all tried to hit me with a cover zero down in the red zone. I we hit tried to zero on cross. It's crazy sweet. that football zing, players remember. Zing, zing. It, was, it was sweet, but fellas. <laughs> they put me on the 40-yard line. It's crazy. I can get going. We were going south. Y'all offense was going south. And they had me as the spy. I don't know which way that was. Chanderson in this It's chair. okay. <laughs> you're going, you're going right from the visitor sideline. And your okay, ass, all right, so your that, ass took coming. off, and I was the spy. And I was deep. I was 15 yards away from you. And you ran right, and I took off running left. And then <laughs> you ran right, and you I was and it I was, went to the sideline and cut the DC out. That was in my heyday. I said, Coach, this motherfucker is fast. <laughs> You know what's so crazy when I, I said, do not spy me anymore. It was Jeremiah Bell was the safety. I said, spy yeah. Jeremiah, let me cover the tight end because I don't want to chase this dude around no more. Yeah, I, I know. I feel you. I mean, it's <laughs> <laughs> I'm real. It's funny, like, when I watch me in Philadelphia and watch me in, in Atlanta, I see so much of a big difference from what that two years off did to me. I mean, I came back a better passer, mm -hmm. you know, a more you know, knowledgeable and you know, cerebral quarterback. Like, I'm trying to, you know, it's different, you know, different tiers to the West Coast system, and Andy was just leveled up. And so I was like, I mean, I don't know if, yeah, but I definitely lost a little speed, man, so you just caught me at a bad time. I said, I'll let you say nah, that. Even, <laughs> even with that, a couple things jumped out. I'm just sitting here listening and admiring everything. First of all, Channing, when we started, you said you were 4-5-2. He's a 4-3-3. I believe, right? Coming wow. out in the that, that's I took a bad angle. Because when he, he, he took off, he was going to hit that way. Everything. I should have hit, yeah. hit towards the, the, the goal, locker room. The, yeah. the locker room. Correct. I had the Pilot wrong way. Well, I, wasn't, I wasn't as, I didn't have long speed. I had like bursts. Right. Yeah, I just you had the just burst. Like I get from here to there in like a split second. But you can walk me down if we got to go, you know. So it was, it was I'm long never, speed. I'm never going to walk you down. No, you wouldn't. It was the speed that stood out, obviously. Uh, you mentioned Bobby Petrino. Bobby yeah. coached Lamar at Louisville. Yeah, yeah. Bobby coached Lamar, yeah. which is so crazy now. I'm sitting here thinking about he had an yeah. opportunity to coach and two of the most electric a, quarterbacks that the game, the NFL game has ever seen. Yeah, at the end of that season, well, in the season I've never made it through the season, at the end of the training camp, I can, I was already in the future in that season. I, it was going to be some great things. But... Hugh Jackson was our offensive coordinator, and he was like, you know, he'll be the MVP next year. Like, after OTA's mini camps, I had that type of camp, but that's the system Lamar ran in college. It's a right. really good system. And um, I'm surprised by Petrino and then try to become a, a coordinator. In, well, well in he was an OC in Jacksonville. I know But he coach did great Petrino. with a lot of quarterbacks. Good. And, and I, I was kind of, he was the first coach to ever really like scream at me, like at the top of his lungs. I don't know. I think that's something they must have talked about. Like, you're a new coach. You need to chastise Mike in front of everybody. <laughs> and one day he was just like, what the fuck are we doing here? And I was like, 
he's like, I was, and but what it did was, man, it got me on my P's and Q's. It made me respect him even more. He did that in front of everybody. And I was always good at, at taking criticism. Like, I felt like one of my best attributes in college was, like, I had a coach that all he did was, yeah, I love him to this, de to this day, man. Like, love him to death. Brett, Ricky Bustle. And man, he was just in our ear every day. But I, you know, I heard what I needed to hear. You know what I'm saying? I think we got to be like that sometimes. So when he did that, man, it really kind of like, it, it, it sparked something in me, man, and just triggered another level. Fellas, y'all know what time it is. Got to holler at our partners from DraftKings. And DraftKings is still giving you a sweet deal. Any new customer that signs up right now with their promo code PIVOT, you make a $5 bet, you instantly get $150 in bonus bets. And y'all know I love the same game parlays. Y'all know what I do, the same game parlays. Bet on the team, bet on the over, the under, whatever you think's going to happen. But also the no sweat bets. So even with the parlays, no sweat. When you lose that, you get a bonus bet right then. If you lose, hey, y'all are set. Chan, I've been on those no sweat bets too, brother. But listen, get the app, get your phone, download the app today. Do like me. You can even put the sports book right next to the Daily Fantasy. So if you're not in a place where they have the sports book, just pull out and play the Daily Fantasy. Same great game. Like he said, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Any new customer signing up right now, you place a $5 bet, you instantly get $150 in bonus bets. Use the promo code PIVOT. Mike, you're a cultural icon, right? And uh, the time you went to Atlanta, the, the hip-hop scene in the South was just going here. Yeah. Like, you got the likes of Jeezy. Obviously, you was probably sitting in the yeah. club across from BMF a couple nights. <laughs> you got Jermaine Dupree, Gucci Man, all of yep. the guys. Um, what were those, what were the T.I., what were those moments like being as big as some of the biggest entertainers in the yeah. world? Here you are sitting there, young guy, yeah. sitting there across from him, same party, same everything. Yeah. Starstruck in a lot of ways. You know, mm -hmm. um, a lot of those guys, I had, I had their tapes, I had their music, I listened to them in college, I listened to them before games, and then to actually be in that city where it's like a mecca for uh, hip hop, mm -hmm. you know, it was uh, it was really cool because you know you get to see them perform. They want you to come hang out with them. You go hang out for a night. You see, man, they just they cool, just like us. It's a lot of camaraderie. You know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? It's a lot of you know what I'm saying like you know fellowship and you know they we all took care of one another. Right. If I'm having something, yo, you're more than welcome to come. You know what I mean? We get invited to each other's events and. Just that time was special because it, it helped us on the field too. Like the the Georgia thing was like a concert. Yeah. yeah, that's what we called it. We called it a concert. Like it was the game, but uh, bro, yeah. that's where it was popping at. Like you can come in and it's a plethora of things going on. It's, you know what I mean? Yeah. This is uh, good. This, this show is. He's uh, in plethora. Uh, plethora. <laughs> he's, he's on TV now. It's an ACT word. Yeah. Uh, this is this is the pivot, man. And we have real conversations. You mentioned to Channing the years off took something yeah. away from you. But the hopes are when you spend 548 days in Leavenworth, it also, it also adds something. Yeah. What were those times like, man? Your freedom gone, yeah. not being able to do what you were best in the world at, at a time. During those moments, what were your thoughts? Yeah, it was like, man, damn, I hit, really hit the reset button. You know, you're playing a video game, you hit that reset, they go all the way back to the beginning. You can be all the way at the end of the game. About to finish it.
Nah, I gotta get back into the future. But, you know, um, really difficult, you know, in the beginning, but, you know, grew stronger each and every day. You know, had to reset the goals and all that too. And um, it's funny, cause that's really where I learned decision-making and how important it was. You know, I, had, I knew I had a responsibility as a role model, cause I'm like, damn, I, man, I really realized what a role model really was about. I had mm -hmm. a bunch of people telling me, including my judge, Henry Hudson, shout out to Henry Hudson. He knew I needed something uh, in my life at the time. And he, need, as bad as he didn't want to sentence me to what he sentenced me to, he knew I needed it. You know what I'm saying? He knew I needed to be humble. You know what I'm saying? It was, in, in a lot of different ways, man. People see me as a humble guy, but sometimes, you know, little money can right. make you a little, you know, make you think different. People see it, people perceive it different. It might not be like what I'm trying to portray, but they'll look at it and they say, oh man, he's self-centered. And, you know, I learned decision-making, reset the goals. And it was like, this time I, when I come out, man, I'm gonna be the best role model that I can be. You mentioned going to Atlanta instead of San Diego. And decision-making is sometimes a group effort. Yeah. Right? Like you can, yeah. if you're around Definitely. the right people, yeah. they'll help you in decision-making, right? right. right? If, if, if he loves me and I truly love him, he could tell me when I'm wrong. Yeah. He could tell me when I'm yeah. doing something yeah. that's not going to benefit me. That's a boss. Me. That's a boss. Yeah. How, how, and a how boss much, and a boss. Yeah. How much was it of being still being close to home and keeping people around you that may not necessarily yeah. had what was best for you in mind in the sense of I'm going to help Michael do the right things yeah. and get to the right position? Yeah. I think definitely being close to home probably was a detriment. You know, now that I think back on it, I think we probably would have not had so much access to because now I'm, I'm a million miles away from home and now I could just focus on you know being the best that I it ain't no back and forth you know um and so you know I always looked at it as you know we're a group that's gonna grow we should grow together obviously the decision making as you make the decisions together it's like somebody got to step up and ironically people stepped up mm. but it was because I, you know, I was like, you know, in a superior position. Nah, I man, I got it. Nah, it's good. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So now yeah. I'm brushing them off. Like, real talk, I'm brushing them off. Hey, yo, I got it. And they like, all they can do is probably just drop their head. Like, damn, I told, bro. Damn. You know what I'm saying? So realistically, it was I, was all getting you. Some, I was getting the advice, not using it correctly. And thinking just money, you know what I mean? Money would solve all the problems. But, you know, um, it only made it worse, so, you know, I had to reevaluate even the value of a dollar, man. Right. After going through everything I went through, paying back a lot of money, like, damn, very unfortunate. Right. Unfortunately, you just look at your family, you just got to apologize, man. Mom, I should have listened. My mom told me plenty of times like that. <laughs> you know how moms tell you that? Yeah. You think you grown, you think you know everything? Yeah. With that situation, the whole dog thing, and everybody know the story, you talked about it a number of times. But do you re do you resent anyone from that situation? Because uh, yeah. like, bro, that was a Hall of Fame career derailed. Yeah. Bro, everybody loved you. Like you were football. You were the face yeah. of football. Do you still yeah. at this day? What you 43? 43. Do yeah. you resent anybody from that situation? Nobody. Nobody. Because I made this. I made a lot of decisions. You mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? I resent what I did. I take responsibility for my actions. A random thought the other day, I'm just laying down trying to take a nap to go to sleep. 
you know, I just get random thoughts. This was a random thought of Hall of Fame. What you think? Like to myself. Yeah. Ah, nah. This ain't happen. This ain't happen. That ain't happen. Possibility. Man, if you wouldn't have had those two years off. Yep. Man, carry your ass to sleep. <laughs> Stop thinking. <laughs> Stop thinking. Positive energy. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I got to consistently reinforce that on myself because, you know, I mean, I lived through some things that, you know, a lot of people don't live through. And like you say, Ryan, it was 548 days. It was a long time. Yeah. And so, you know, naturally, for, from a mental health standpoint, mm-hmm. you know, I got to stay positive. I got to stay encouraged. I got to always, you know, just uplift myself. You know, because I got to deal with certain a lot of things that no, that people don't have to deal with neither, even on the you know successful level. Mm-hmm. You know, still get it. I still get it sometimes. It ain't. Go, I mean, it, I can't say it don't go away. I just try to, you know, always be conscious of it. Oh, this ain't happening probably because of that. Oh, these people don't think this because of that. Friday, Fred said that on the show. He was talking. We were talking about Deshaun Watson, and I don't want to compare the two situations, but I don't know. You could. Cottage probably speak to it more, Fred, but you mentioned that those things, once people have that perception of you or believe a certain thing about you, they never allow that to go away. Yeah, no, that, that's very true. It'll follow you for a while, but yeah. I think in your case, Mike, um, we, we know the obstacles that you face, you know, and those adversities. Uh, we've seen that you're very, you've been very resilient. Yeah. You know, you're even on TV and you're doing a whole lot of stuff, but what are, what are your determinations, you know, and what are your goals going forward? What do you try to do? Uh, not that you're out to prove to anybody that I got to save face and, and, and be this type of person, but you yourself specifically as an individual, what are some of the things that you're trying to achieve to prove to you that you are a better person? Yeah. Well, I think for me, it started at home, man, within the family. Um, you know, my wife and trying to be uh, the best husband that I could be, um, communicate with her, give her, you know, time to be great um, within the household, my kids, um, who every day, you know, I feel like they, they, they take my advice because advice I'm, you know, I try to be as fair as a father as I can be. Um, so that's really important. So I think it started right there. If I come out the house and I ain't happy with something that's going on in, inside the house, then... I'm, I'm already a wreck. I know in my household, as y'all probably know, you know, in y'all household, you like, we we dictate the energy. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Yep. We we the alpha. Sometimes we got to cater to everybody else's feelings and you know, kind of, you know. That's the job. We got to simmer the mood. Yeah, we got to be. That's the job. It's really being the man of the house. Yep. Right. Daddy, I appreciate, you know, the, you listening or appreciate you talking to me or, you know, not blowing up when you when you felt like you was right or knew you was right or mm-hmm. whether I was right or wrong, you know, thanks for taking into consideration my thoughts. I try to start with that. And then, you know, just from career goals, um, I'm still young. It's a lot I want to accomplish. I always want to, you know, be the best analyst that I can be. Um, you know, keep working at that. And, you know, hopefully, uh, you know, at some point lead a lot of young men. Yeah. Um, if it, if it comes to it and, you know, I've been asked about it, you know, coaching and would I ever do it, you know, probably will at some point. Um, How you going to coach somebody to do what you did? 
It's easy. You didn't hear me say the game is easy oh, earlier. I see. It's, the, it's all it's, how you it's teach exactly it. what you. I said. Hey, and you gonna tell a young man, Brian. Vic? Just tell him. You gonna tell him? Okay, well, go Brian, do that. I, I said it earlier. I said the house. game was easy. Then well, you can't it's teach easy nobody you know what, what you, you did. Nah. Well, they can't. I can't expect nobody to be like me. <laughs> I want them to be better than me. They I want be, him in that film room. Yeah. Studying when I'm, you know, when I'm handling some other business. I want to be able to come to him and hit him. Andy Reid to hit us with questions, random. Hey, you seen this look? You see this look? What you? Oh, you better be on. You better be quick to answer. I had the right answer. I got some good ethics. Yeah, I got a question about that. During those days, uh, Tony Dungy becomes a confidant yeah. and a mentor, someone you spoke with and yeah. talked to. And Andy Reid actually called yeah. Tony to ask him about you. Yeah. Ask him, did he think you'd learn? Ask yeah. him what type of human you were. And yeah. Tony Dungy, who is a man that tells the truth, but also shows compassion, said, no, sure. I believe Mike has grown. Yeah. And Andy, because he had dealt with some things with his sons, wanted to have a conversation with you, wanted to yeah. give you a second chance. You know, you mentioned him being a genius or him yeah. coming to you with questions. But what do those two men mean to you? What do Andy Reid and Tony Dungy mean to you? Because in order for you to have these goals yeah. and things you want to accomplish now, you had to have somebody give you yeah. a second chance. Yeah, well, it started with uh, Tony Dungy coming to visit me when I was in Leavenworth. And you talking about a man sitting across from you, just asking you the questions, that trying to get the answers, looking you straight in your eyes. I'm talking about not even blinking. He want to know, like, is it sincere? And I'm like, but I was, I had already rehearsed it. I, once again, I was in the future. So when it was time to <clears throat> recite whatever I was, you know, thinking, it was easy. I mean, first of all, I, was, I had to thank him for being there. I was like, you didn't have to come. But yes, all of these things. He left out. He felt like I was contrite. And, um, you know, I guess he had his conversations with, you know, Roger and then Andy. And, and Andy, you know, I, he felt like I could come in and you know, learn if he wanted to see me learn from my mistakes. He wanted to see me become a leader of young men. The locker room was younger. It's like, this is your locker room, along with Donovan. And, you know, Donovan was a big inspiration and a big part of me uh, coming to Philadelphia. So I got to thank Donovan. Uh, he co-signed it, too. And so the, Tony and Andy created a really, really comfortable situation. And Roger. And so now I got three men that, um, I, feel, I hold myself accountable in all aspects of life because I know they're watching. Mm -hmm. When I walked out that room, went, from the first meeting with Roger, Tony, Andy, when I walked out, the biggest word I could take away from anything that they said, accountability. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? I never forget. And it wasn't always, it, it was, it was, it was hard for me too, because I was still young and I'm still, you know, I'm still transitioning back into. And I just never forget, Roger told me, man, look, man, whatever you're doing, man, just know, don't nothing good happen after 12 o'clock. <laughs> yeah. Slam the door. That time in in at prison, jail, I don't know what you called it. Bro, what was that like? Because you went from the top of the world to oh, yeah, sitting in the goddamn was, cell. Yeah, it was very uncomfortable, man. It was very uncomfortable. Um, like I say, I'm never going to glorify it. You know, um, it's really confusing because I, 
like I said, I learned decision making. Like I don't want this to be interpreted in the way where kids think like, oh, it's, you know, that's some time. It's, it's a little time out time to get yourself together. No, it's wasted time. Like mm -hmm. it's wasted time. Yep. For real, it's boredom around a bunch of dudes, and you know, man, if I want to learn to play chess and dominoes. Man, I drove myself, man, you, you go crazy in there. So, you know, I mean, you got to find a way to uh, adjust. But, man, it's, I spent a lot of time in, like, isolation because I couldn't be around other inmates. So, you know, I, I don't know if it affected my mental health back then. I wouldn't say now because I feel like I grew from it. You know what I'm saying? But it's still a part of my life that I, this is a lot of self-time. So, you know, I was obviously sitting there just, like, really not, not believing that I was in that situation. You know what I'm saying? So a lot of times I had to look myself in. Man, it's real when you look yourself in the mirror and you see that reflection and you know who you are. You look at yourself with it and you see that reflection. You got the jumpsuit or black and white stripes. You're like, mm -hmm. I'm a prisoner, bro. Right. Yeah. Nah, this ain't me. Like, nah, this ain't me. You got to tell yourself, nah, this ain't me. I'm just... I still had the Air Force One zone with the suit, though. You know what I mean? <laughs> we um, hey, that's sold what, them on the commissary. That, that, that's what Big Cuz played football in. Aaron Brooks played football in New Orleans yeah. in high-top Air Force Ones. Oh, yeah, you remember that on the turf? On the yeah, turf. Yeah, me and bro was talking about that yesterday. Made it look good, too. On the turf. Made it look good. I'm from the end, though. I used to know like, about what? the ankle support, but <laughs> he pulled it off. <laughs> Cuz pulled it off. Yeah, him and Rasheed Wallace. Yeah, Rasheed was Rasheed the same way on the too. court. But much like all big fans around the world, man, I sympathize with that entire situation. Yeah. Um, and I can only imagine how tough it was. But I wanted to ask you, though, because it was your experience. What was, what was tougher? You sitting down for that 548 days or the redemption tour, coming out, you know, trying to redeem yourself, trying to show people that I am, I have matured, I have grown, I am a better person. Yet at the same time, time hearing fans, you know, leaving the stadium with your family, hearing fans, dog this, that, you know, calling name, yeah, slanderous real life, uh, terms yeah, real and all that. Ish. What, was, what was toughest? Real life -ish. The moment you were sitting down or trying to get back everything that hey, you lost? Man, that's quite, that might be the question of the year, man. That's a great question. All y'all ask good questions. I love good questions. But um, that one right there, I never even thought about it until just hearing you say it now. And you know, the 548 days was easy compared to the comeback campaign. Wow. Mm. And I say all that to say, man, you know, it's noise, first of all, you know. You, you know, you got it, these people who are really loud and they believe in what they believe in. I gotta respect, I gotta learn and respect it as much as we might not like it or think it's not, you know, right or they got every right to feel the way they feel. I had to learn that and not be, you know what I'm saying, so um, rebellious, you know, against it. Um, knowing that I, you know, I had to make amends and so it's like, what, what's that path like? So I had to go on that path. How do I get back into the league? You know what I'm saying? I filed for bankruptcy. Had to pay the Falcons back all their money. So that forced me into a bankruptcy. Starting from the bottom, man. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Starting from the bottom, talking about getting out, man, like zero dollars in my bank account. Me and my wife just looked at each other and just laughed when we checked the balance on the account. We couldn't even, man, bro, it was funny. <laughs> it's like, man, don't get no worse than this. It's different, though. You know what I'm like, saying? We all, we all started with zero dollars, Mike, yeah. but we all didn't get 
$100 million contract yeah. and then go back to yeah. zero dollars. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, yeah, you might chuckle about it yeah, with your right. wife, but the the reality of that had to be difficult oh, for man. you. Oh, man. And then, um, you know, I had people in my corner, like T.I. instantly wired me some bread, like, you know what I'm saying? Help me, I knew I had some things going on. Big bro, once again, homies from the South. And um, yeah, man, I just, we all know what it's like to, you know, give up a lot to gain a lot and you gotta, you know what I'm saying, set the goals and go get them. Like, we all in here got individual goals there. Yep. And we still striving. So that football along with family, along with off the field and the comeback campaign, it's like when I had to tread lightly, mistake free, you know, got all these eyes on me. And um, man, still going, still 29 years old. What about your 30th birthday party? Yeah, remember the 30th? Yeah, the 30th. still what young. About, yeah. 30th birthday what's party. What's that, Qantas Phillips, yeah, whatever, yeah. get shot? Yo, bro, yeah, bro showed up, man, and he was just trying to have a good time. You know, you, uh, you know, my wife, after the party, she had, like, put some cake on my, yeah, she, like, now you smear the cake, it's cute. Yeah, smear the cake, it was pictures. cute. She did it to me and my homie. Yeah. And it was real cool. And then, uh, then bro came and did it, and it was like, come on, bro, for real. Like, mm -hmm. one, you probably shouldn't even be here right now, and two, like, that's a little over the top. She got away with it. She can get away with it. Like, yo, that was, it was a good laugh. But now, and then that's escalated. And then people just, man, people was already mad. You know what I'm saying? So everybody just, I'm like, man, we got to put ourselves in better situations. And Roger told me, nothing good happens after 12. There mm -hmm. I am having a birthday party after 12 o'clock. Cinderella moment. Nothing good happened that night. I'm like, man, he, he told me straight up, man, this is it. Like, I remember calling Tony Dungy. I, I had um, a football camp the very next day. I'm doing a camp, football camp that weekend, amazing camp at Hampton University. I got about 400 kids out there, and we teaching all day. We going two days strong, and I, I'm over in the corner dealing with this. I'm like, man, it's just immature. That's why I say still 29, still learning, still I'm back. Uh, he ain't back. It was just the beginning. What do you tell kids now, though? I mean, they won't... Every kid you meet now will not... They will never know what it was like to yeah. watch you do all that live. Yeah. Right? Like, we have... And I'm just going to be honest. We have so much grace for the things you went through yeah. because of how you made us feel. Like, I just remember watching the Sugar Bowl. You know, I'm from yeah. the N.O. I'm yeah. watching the Sugar Bowl, and I'm like, this is the best play I've ever seen in my life, right? Yeah. And when you have that feeling, and when all of the news comes out about what you're going through, all, like, I'm so, at that moment, in my immature mind, I'm like, ain't nobody that's that damn good at football gonna do none of that, Yeah. right? But the kids yeah. don't know. They just know the story. They know that my dad says Michael Vick was this. It's like yeah. the, uh, the Vince McMahon. A meme they got going around where they say, Dad, oh, yeah. what yeah. was it like to watch Michael Vick? Yeah. He like, face. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like that's what I felt like. Yeah. When, when a kid asks you, though, when they're like, you know, Mr. Vick, what would be your advice to me? Yeah. What do um, you tell them? Listen to your parents, man. I think first, or your, or your guardian, because, you know, a lot of kids growing up yeah. in different situations, but 
you know, your, your guardian or whoever it is is never going to tell you anything wrong. Something that can, you know, uh, cause some type of detriment in your life, I feel. You got to trust people. You got to trust those people. And, and dream, too, man. Like, I think everybody want to make money quick these days, and they want it, they want it easy. Even I, I got to get on my kids about work ethic and the value of a dollar and what it really takes to go out and find your level of success. And so, you know, I always tell them to dream, man, and, you know, think the unthinkable, because that's what I did. And I can only draw off my personal experience. Like, you know, when I was six years old, I told my grandmother I wanted to do something and I went and did it, but I didn't, I didn't know the road was going to be like this, you know what I'm saying? Trajectory. You know what I mean? It was rigorous. It was rough. You know what I'm saying? It's like a plane. It was the turbulence. You know what I'm saying? The turbulence getting there was, was rough. And then all of a sudden, you know, I was cruising at high altitude. But, man, I stress school a lot, too. Like, I've, I could have been a better student. I, I know, looking back, um, I could have applied myself a little more. I could have made the honor roll way more than what I did. I would have learned more. Mm -hmm. I applied myself. So I try to teach, man, be so many things. Like, if I had a, guy, a kid who was a football player, he came to me and asked me that same question. We probably wouldn't even talk about football because I feel like football is easy. Mm -hmm. If you apply yourself to learn it, y'all know it's mental, yeah. more yeah. mental than physical. Not really, but it's a balance. You know yeah. what I'm saying? You got to know what you're doing in order to play fast. And so, you know, in life, man, you gotta, you gotta play, you can play fast, but you just gotta know what you're doing. <laughs> hey, man, it's the holidays, fam. And listen, I'm undrafted. You know what I mean? I ain't like Freddie T. I'm just, I'm just getting on this jewelry. I didn't fool around and found lightboxjewelry.com. Uh, I'm finna go crazy. They got them lab-grown diamonds, too? Yeah. All right, when I come around here icy, don't say nothing to me. Everybody ain't like Fred T with the chain on, but listen. <laughs> You gotta go. You can get them layered. You can get all the, the options you want. And it is gonna be perfect for the holidays. Y'all need gifts. You gotta go to Lightbox. Listen, it's 2023. I'm going to give me some lab-grown diamonds. I still got my holes in my ear. I need some of those diamond studs. I like it. Hey, listen, go to lightboxjewelry.com and use the promo code THEPIVOT to get 10% off site-wide. Bro, and I love you as a father, because I was just at Lil Mike's birthday party. Yeah, we just bullshitting the other night. And you have your daughter who's in college. You got to, your whole, all your she kids ain't listening. Right there. She ain't listening right now. Bro. She ain't listening. <laughs> yeah, we trust me. Yeah, she we go. Gotta, <laughs> hey, I've been, I got a 24 year old about to be 25. So I get you know, it. Yeah. It's going to come back, it's going to come back around. Hey, I, what I, 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 I met right. a boyfriend. Jada, we watching. <laughs> I met a boyfriend. He seemed like a yeah, nice guy. Good, good dude. Yeah, good yeah. dude. What do you say to your kids about that path? Like, we talking about your path and all. Like, do yeah. the kids ask about it? Because little Mike, what, he just turned six. Yeah, yeah. But then you have grown kids. Yeah. Like, what's what's that like explaining the story of Michael Vick to your children? Yeah, well, I, I always find a way to reference something. You know, man, when I, I try not to talk about the prison part, but sometimes it do come out, man, when I was, we used to do this. Or, and they don't want to hear that. They don't be wanting to hear them stories. Yeah. Cause they, and then they, then they do be like, Maybe like times they'd be like, Daddy, what was it like when, you know what I'm saying? They ask the same question. Mm -hmm. And um, I hate answering the question, but I try to, you know, spark them, put a little fear in them a little bit, you know what I'm saying? Like, even though they're good kids, and, you know, put in your memory bank and go tell your friends, you know what I'm saying? Spread the word. Yeah, it's not a good place. 
Yeah. But uh, they uh, they they really understand it, man. They uh, they do their research too. They they probably a little more tech savvy and good, a lot better than social media and stuff than me. So they probably they see everything. That's another reason why um, I had to really like uh, pay attention to my actions and what I was doing. You know, as as a father, as a dad, because whatever happens to me, it reverberates to my whole family. The same for all of us with right. our brands, right. you know what I mean? So you just got to be extra conscious, extra careful, and, uh, you know, be real. And that's uh, yeah. why I, I personally, uh, when you were going through what you were going through, obviously I understood that it was very um, sensitive for those, especially yeah. pet owners or, or what have you. Yeah, yeah. But a lot of it I contribute to the things you just mentioned about kids, yep. what you see, your environment, your community. Yeah. I, I came from a small town, Belglade, and quite naturally, I didn't understand it then. Even when yeah. your situation came about and you got in trouble, yeah. I didn't know that it was illegal, you know, uh, because it was common. That's yeah. what I saw, and that's what people did. And, um, you know, I, I didn't look at it either type of way. But uh, you do have to, you know, feel better about giving your kids an yeah. opportunity to steer clear of that sort yeah. of upbringing because that matters. Yeah, it I plays think, a big man, role. Yeah, yeah you know it's illegal to fight dogs, bro. When man, I was coming, yeah. when I was that age, when I was young, and I saw it, I didn't know. But see, really? that's, that's the thing. When I was young, not not then, but when I was young and yeah. growing up, I didn't know. But, but see, this this the thing. My situation did it raised awareness to like, man, I went on a whole campaign passing laws and everything, going to Congress and, you know, really like being an advocate, you know? And so, you know, that's my foundation. We, we target animal welfare now. We work with special interest groups and we do just make a lot of donations, but the quiet is kept, but we, I'm doing a lot of teaching in that field too, to educate kids. Cause I feel like I didn't get that, you know, education. Mm -hmm. Even though some things, you know, and you know, like that's wrong. You know, and then you, you know, do kind of try to pay attention to what's, you know, happening around you. But my kids, you know, young men and women, that's what our community outreach is about. You know what I'm saying? And obviously I was part of, you know, I got to be big in the prison reform space too. Mm -hmm. So, you know, helping kids and helping them understand, you know, in the community outreach, you know, field and um, animal welfare, you know, I'm a big time animal lover. so. And that's what's so conflicting about it to everybody. You know, I can't explain it, so I just let, you know, my actions, you know, speak louder than my words these days. And then, you know, um, the prison reform, man, I know what that's like too, and I'm trying to prevent that. And if you go through that, how can we make that, you know, uh, a comeback campaign for just people who don't get the opportunity, like, like I might have had because, you know, I had people around me, Tony Dungy, Andy Reid. Mm -hmm. So, of course, the track going to be a lot faster to, you know, to the finish line. On that, too, C.J. Stroud recently, um, his father went to prison when he was a, a young man, and he is very early on in his career, yeah. whereas number seven, yeah. just like you did, is playing extremely well, yeah. but he took the time in his post-game presser or in a press conference last week to say, you know, like, there needs to be prison reform yeah. and the conditions that they live in, the rehabilitation process and all of yep. those things need to be 
looked at. There needs yeah. to be upgraded. There yeah. needs to be awareness brought about. And he, I know he's extremely close with Michael Rubin as well, who yeah. along with Meek Mill yeah. are big into prison reform. Yeah. And so and I think NFL, to have a, a, yeah, a voice like yours as yeah. well added to that is huge. You know, we asked this question, Freddie T asked it most time. I think I've been stealing it from him so much. I got to stop saying that. <laughs> this is our um, thing. <clears throat> but it's a, a Freddie T question. Um, it's about what's your biggest pivot, right? Like what moment in your life has affected you the most, has shaped you the most, has motivated you the most, or broken you down to the point where you had to learn to motivate yourself. Yeah. What would you point to that was essential to Michael Vick sitting here today? Yeah, I would think just answering that candidly, man, had to be when I, I went to prison, for sure. Um, like I say, I was on a mission all my years of Football, I never, you know, as a young man to being drafted, it was always, the goal was always to be drafted. Mm -hmm. It was never an ambition to be drafted, get drafted, go win the Super Bowl. So I didn't set that goal. But in 2007, I set that goal. Mm. Like, probably with your new coaching coming in, you see all these coaching changes, I know what that means. In a minute, you're going to be next. Mm -hmm. and so I'm like, so I'm going to prevent that. I love the city of Atlanta. I love Arthur Blank. I love what the culture we've built. And so, you know what? Ambition change. I'm about to look into the future. I'm going to win me a Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. And so the focus shifted, and then the past caught up with me. I didn't even make it to the season. So that pivot right there, you talking about complete 360. I mean, I'm talking about going the other way. That that was supposed to happen like, like way back in the day. I supposed to have been overcome that. The pivot. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we talk about sitting at Little Mike's birthday party the other day. Y'all know how barbershop. Yeah. Y'all know the men sitting around. Yeah. Mike. You said you were the best college football player ever. Yeah, I said it. Now, let me say it again. I I just. I need, I want to bring the boys in on this conversation because we got to. We can have a debate about it. Well, let's just talk about it. Let me, let me, let me, let me, let me, let me, let me hey, Blake, I don't need I, the debate. I, I, I want to hear you say it. I don't want to hear you yeah. talk about it. When I think back to what I did in college in a 24 game span, I don't think nobody who had the ball in their hands every play was able to do what I did. The Led the nations and passes and efficiency. Bunch of good things happen. National championship. The, the, and you know what? I never draw back on my um my highlights and all that, but you know, I think the way I'm perceived as a player, people don't recognize me from championships. They think about them highlights and what it looked like. And so, you know, I did that in college, but one but won consistently. Didn't even lose for real. And so, um, yeah, man, you can compare my highlights to anybody. You probably can go watch them, and you ain't going to see nothing like it. Look, Lamar Jackson might be the closest as far as the guy with the ball in his hands. And then Reggie Bush was dope. Vince was dope. You mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? There was a lot of good guys out there, but as far as electricity, nah. 
I will, I will. So this Old is. Old Jackson, you know. Do I get to have a very Yeah, yeah. Do I get to have an yeah, opinion? Yeah, do I get to have Do I get to have an opinion? Absolutely. Yes, yeah, same. Because so I, I, I love to so bring this my, to this platform. So here's because my, I was arguing with Mike so the other day. He argued with me. He argued me now with. Yeah. So here's my opinion. I don't. I think the best is subjective. Right? Like, yeah. I think people are going to have different people that they think are the best, and they're going to judge those people on different things. Yeah. Here's what I think about Michael Vick. I think Michael Vick was transcendent, mm -hmm. which to me is more important. Yeah. To me, that's something that's tangible. When, right. when we saw Michael Vick is the reason that Lamar Jackson's exist. Michael Vick is the reasons that Cam Newton gets to yeah. be. And I think, to me, that's more impactful because what Michael Vick did has allowed people now to build offenses yeah. around his talent. Because even though he had that sure. talent, folks didn't start doing zone reads and we didn't get yeah. into this spread offenses. We didn't do yeah. those things. They tried to make him we fit into the, yeah. the, the uh, 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 a round peg, fit into a square hole, right? and say, no, we're going to let you do or we're going to force you to do what all these other quarterbacks do. Yeah. He was just so talented, he made it look different. Yeah. And I think that's what stands out the most to me about Mike. And also, too, like, I was just contemporary. Yeah. And as a contemporary, I watched him like we didn't play the same sport at the same time <laughs> in the same universities. Mm -mm. You know, and I think, I think that's what was... That what was is what was different about him, and so you for him like to feel we, like he's yeah, the I like that when they told transcendent. Him. I like it. I like that <laughs> transcendent, because everybody else kind of came after. Yeah, like what he did, yeah. you know. And now, yeah, like that. if he if you put him in Bobby Petrino's offense that Lamar Jackson was in, it's just, it's the same thing or better. If you put him in prime Vic in Baltimore right now. And look, I, yeah, our offense in college was run oriented too. It was catered to the run. That's why I ran so, you know, the option, yeah. run a speed option, we run via option. We ain't even, the things that, I can't even believe half of the things I did because I was really in the box. You know what I'm saying? I was really in the box. And so we never got into four wides, called the flesh. We never got into four wides. When we did, it was all passing, but it was everything was, we never got into three wides. So yeah, hashes in college is a lot, you know. Yeah. So yeah. if you got speeds, you're going, but I just what's the, have what's the best? What's the what's the most advantageous offense for your ability that you ever you ever played in college in NFL? Uh, when I when I got to Philly with Andy, what and then Dan Reeves' offense was amazing too. Mm -hmm. John Elway ran it. They went to four Super Bowls, so I was running all that. It was real your, successful. We went to the. What uh, about your playoffs. 2010 resurgence, though? Like what? What yeah, about that? that was, the, the play from that year that I think yeah. everybody remembers is Deshaun talking to Leron Landry. Before yeah. the game, yeah, and then you damn near threw the ball out the stadium. That was the, um, that year was track. like uh, I was so focused though that year, um, cause you know when you're learning the new system, you just got to be on top of everything, and so, uh, and Andy always like to add stuff every week, so if the offense is always evolving, so I was more dialed in. I had a play caller that I can like, I could relate to. Um, when I was running this, the West Coast system uh, from 2004 to 2006, there was a lot of things I couldn't relate to. And so, you know, that's why in 06, they, they, we in, that's when we bring the zone read to the mm -hmm. league, and that's when I ran 4,000 yards. But I still wasn't progressing as a passer. And so I got to a point where I got with Andy. I learned 
2009 and learn behind Donovan. And I'm like looking at everything they're doing. I'm like, man, I kill it. I would really kill this offense. And I got a chance to do it and come back player of the year. And, you know, just just a good solid season. Man, I wish I'd have had more of those. So what, what's the secret sauce with Andy Reid with Big Red, though? Because we've seen him turn. McNabb was a great player, obviously. Yeah. What he has in KC now with Patrick Mahomes. Hell, even with Alex Smith. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He was amazing. Then he went to D.C. It wasn't so great, but... You know, and then yourself, you know, you became a better passer yeah, right I, in your career. What I is think, it? I think you just know how to surround uh, quarterbacks with talent. If you look at Andy's track record, he won a lot of games with backup quarterbacks, too. And, um, but that's the, not that's taking the away point. from what he's... But that's the yeah, point I'm so, trying to make. Is he developing these guys into yeah. become better quarterbacks than what we are used to seeing? Yeah, because, well, but let's be honest, different. Patrick... He has talented guys that he has to throw to yeah. out there in KC. Yeah, but, but he's they're talented. not good as previous years, and he's yeah. just the guy who's throwing them to become better players but, than they yeah. actually. But now their defense is better. Mm -hmm. That is and, true. And so, yep. you know, you look at the defensive personnel, and whether you, he hired the coordinator or yep. he did it. Yeah. He, he helped pick out the talent. I'm pretty sure he got to say so when it's time to sign, like, yo, I like that guy. So he helped build, he helped build the structure of the team. And so it's just not offensive-driven. Patrick benefit from the defense and what they're doing now. They kept him in a lot of games this year. So um, I think just his ability overall, I should have said offense and defense, mm -hmm. as far as him knowing personnel, knowing what players. You think about his teams over the over the years, from even from Philly, they all look the same. You got a dominant pass rusher, good linebacker. You got a star safety somewhere, mm -hmm. whether it's Dawkins or it was the Honey Badger. Or, yeah. yeah. You know what I'm saying? You got you got solid corners. And you got a good defensive scheme. So, like, when he, um, you remember uh, Jim Johnson, the great yeah. Jim Johnson? Jim Johnson was nasty. And then, yeah, and then he had Sean McDermott, yep. McDermott under Jim. And so now he got a. Uh, now Spags. Spags. Yep. So, man, it's a couple of good defensive All I coordinators know is in the league. Last year, when Patty was hurt, Pat was hurt a couple games, he had Chad Henney looking like. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> but, but Chad Henney had talent that's, around that's, him. That's Andy Reid, too. Now, if Chad, you know Henney, if, Chad so. Henney, if Chad Henney don't got talent around him and Andy Reid's play calling, he's not. Yeah, but, I mean, that's why he's a backup. Marriage. That's exactly. how he's a backup. I, have a, I guess my last question would be, man, you know, a huge part of the reason you're here, though, is because it's 20 years since you yeah. won the cover of Madden, and EA wants to honor that. When you go full cool, circle man. and think to yourself where you were, when you were on the cover of Madden then, yeah. and now to be 20 years around that, with all that you've been through, and EA is still like, nah, man, we rock with you. Yeah, what does man. that sort of support from a company like that mean? Yeah, shout out to EA, man. Shout out to Ty Stover um, for taking this into consideration and, and, you know, even allowing all this to happen. And, um, you know, it's been a, a major accomplishment. Certainly one of the milestones in my life that I've really felt like I wasn't, but never accomplish. You never think you're gonna be on the front cover of video, a video game, yeah, no. or you know have you know your own signature shoe and stuff, things like that. And so, 20 years later, for them to still celebrate that, I feel like um, you know I always try to be fair with people, respect people, um, respect their space, and and you know that's that's always been something that I'm gonna hang my hat on. And so, um, I think it just comes back around full circle to respect. You know, it's reciprocated, and you know they still reach out for a lot of things that include me and Matt, and, and so um, it's been a great ride, man. I'm just thankful to have the people around me that you know continue to put me in 
in advantageous situations. And so, uh, you know, I try to pay it forward. So, but I appreciate y'all, man, for having me. Right. This conversation was amazing. I've been watching y'all from afar. Can I get a shot, eh? Look at him, look at him, bro. I tell you, bro. I want that. The real one's nobody. Everybody know. Everybody yeah, respect yeah. you. Everybody know yeah. who played you. Everybody know who didn't yeah. play you. Young boys, it's old boys, right. bro. MV, right. bro. Yeah. We know. I want to say. I want to say this too, from from my perspective and being in the game on, you know, obviously playing it against you, yeah. and now on the other side. I think the largest respect you get is the fact that when younger quarterbacks now talk about quarterback play, yeah. they still bring you up. Yeah. I and and what you did wasn't traditional. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's also the reason that, be that, that you're a special guy on the cover of Madden is because a lot of times that guy has won an MVP yeah. or that guy has right. won, won a won Super, Super Bowl. Bowl. Yeah. You know, for you, yeah. it was like he's so special, yeah. so dynamic. The world is so captivated by who he is as a player and yeah. the way that he does it, yeah. that he's worth this. And I think that's the reason. 20 years later, bro, like people still. And then the word that you used earlier, transcendent. It, it was. People can relate. We might have missed a generation, or, but somebody's reminding somebody of, you know, the greatness or our greatness or what we tried to, how we tried to be the best in our profession. And so I really respect that. Who's the closest thing to you you ever seen before or after? What? The closest thing to Michael Vick. Warren, you can go to Warren Moon or you can go to Lamar Jackson. Eldridge Dickey. Look him up. Who? Eldris Dickey ran a 4440, 4340. Do like you know Eldris Dickey? Yeah, I'm putting my, pulling my phone out. <laughs> Look, pull up. And I know a lot of people. What, what, no, what? I, so, you know, we're, you know, of course I'm going to get to Lamar, but it was a quarterback in like 1964, somewhere around that time. I feel like I should know this, but Eldris Dickey. Because I, I always question, like, people always come to me, like, bro, you changed the game. I'm like, no, nah, there was a lot of dudes before me that changed the game. You know, I tried to pay homage and, but one day somebody took me way back and Elgis Dickey was like, he was like me and Lamar in the 60s, bro. Yeah. And he just ain't get a chance though. You know, the word, the story is he died from a broken heart because he got drafted the same year as like Stable or something. And they, mm -hmm. I think he got drafted in the first round. I want to say Ryan for real, bro. He got drafted in the first round. Man ran a 4-3-40. Yep. They said he was Nasty. the greatest HBCU quarterback of all time. I'm telling you. Really? Tell you, and they ain't give him a chance. Yep. Bro, I'm talking about cut all the stuff that you, you see, cutting back against the grain, taking advantage of the defense. He was a monster, man. And they just, it was yeah. a different day and time. Yeah. No, but uh, so, so, so and, then, and then Lamar, previous, yeah. yeah. from what I didn't see, definitely Lamar Jackson. Yeah. What about Ronald Curry? Ronald Curry was the greatest high school football player ever in the state of Virginia, or just, I don't care how good you were. You were, you were. I agree. Oh, you remember Ronald? It's all, it's my time. Yeah, 22 rushes. Ronald, hey, yeah, bro, Ronald, bro, Ronald Curry, oh basketball bro. and football. I had 22 rushing touchdowns. Nobody cares. Yeah. Ronald, Ronald Curry, say? Ronald Curry was the greatest high school football player ever, man. He was that good. Man, he was so, man. He was a man amongst boys. Right. He said his I heard his story. Did he have 22 rushing touchdowns in his <laughs> He might have games? 42. <laughs> I swear, he might have 42 touchdowns. Chad, nobody cares that you had 22 <laughs> rushing touchdowns. That's Chad the fan. I ran for 42. 22 touchdowns. I ran 4-5-2. You did not run a 4-5-2 coming out of college. 4-5-2 coming out of high school. 
My boy. Brother. Thank you so much. Yes, I, ran a four, I ran a 458 at 245 coming out of Florida. That, dang. 461 at the crazy. combine at Pro Day. That's easy runover material. Fred out of Nacho Big Ass. Yeah, I'd have ran that shit. You played against him. Didn't you cut Fred in the, in the no, preseason? No, I hit him in the back. I'd have ran preseason. <laughs> preseason, Fred had, Fred had three carries, bro. You, you, you don't get the ball in preseason. He we had take three carries there. in preseason. Uh, he got one of them, and this is going to get the ball and try to back up and try to fight the yards. <laughs> I hit that bitch square in the back. He tried to hit you back quick. <laughs> I hit that bitch square in the back. That's the worst I'm serious. Nah, I'm like, God damn, it's the preseason. Fred jumped up so hard. Fred used to look so sweet in that uniform in college. Man with the visor. Hit him square in his goddamn back. Hold up. Limitless. Take a stomach guy pinning it. I thought they here to witness it. Got my people feeling militant. Way I'm feeling, got me up. On the mission, got me up. Knowing me, I got the key. On the vision, I can trust. Trust. Limitless. Take a stomach guy pinning it. I thought they here to witness it. Got my people feeling militant. Way I'm feeling, got me up.